Uh, welcome back, Lincoln Podcast. Uh, today we joined with our friend Kamal. Uh, Kamal, can you tell us, hey, and hi, a little bit about yourself? Hi, how's it going? Um, I'm just a regular Joe, you know, um, just uh, somebody living out there trying to make the best out of the time given to us in this world, man. Just uh, that's how I identify. So you like to live life to the fullest every day. And the next day is not promised, as Tony says all the time to me. Just uh, try to find who you are. Try to understand uh, what the message is. What can you do to be off service to something bigger than yourself? Jobs will come and go. People will come and go. Money will come and go. Every worldly possession, you know, as, as the, as the uh, eternal Sadhguru says, uh, life is a zero end game. You come with nothing and you leave with nothing. So that changed me. I mean, that's uh, that put, put me in a position where I'm always trying to see if there's something out there that is bigger than myself that I can help with. Um, I, I used to identify as this person who works in that place or this person who... Uh, achieved such and such worldly possessions, but then uh, today I'm I'm jumping on any opportunity like what you guys are giving me here right. to be off service to the world, to try and be remembered because we're all leaving. Um, nobody nobody's here to stay, and it's what you leave behind, right? And um, in my belief system, uh, there's a saying that when you leave this earth, uh, you only leave three things behind. Um, a piece of science that you created that mankind can benefit from. Um, a kid that will always remember you well. And um, some legacy of good that people will do some habit that you instill in someone that will help them live a better life after you've, you've left. I mean, that's all we leave behind. If you remember anybody who's left, you don't remember um, what they looked like or what they paid you or anything. You just remember the good that they did in the world and any messages that they managed to instilling you so yeah way to jump deep so early huh well yeah um that's awesome man and what, bu what book was that that's the um, Quran. No, I mean, yeah 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 i mean like i think most of us or most people in general like you said you're only here for a short period of time and most people probably won't do anything that, that is any insignificance to the masses but if you do something for like your children or your close family or something like that, that's something like a, you said a memory that can be left on. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's uh, the, the greatest joy you can get out of life is to see um, joy in somebody else's eyes. Um, it's, it's no matter it's it's you can you can enjoy your Ferrari 
for a month, you can enjoy a new house for a year. You get used to everything. Mm-hmm. But it's the appreciation you get from others because you gave them something. And usually the, the biggest thing you can give to someone is your time. Like, um, that's something you can't you, get back. You, yeah. You give somebody a dollar and yeah, they'll be thankful for as long as that dollar lasts. But if you take the time to actually talk to them and exchange that, um, that human feeling, man, that, um, interaction that is eternal. I mean, this conversation we're having right now, this is probably something we're going to remember, not in its entirety, but if we talk for an hour and you get like one or two messages that maybe you tell someone over a couple of beers sometime, then my deed in the world is done. (laughs) You know, that's, uh, I guess that's the the key message that a lot of us are missing in this rat race. And nothing nothing against the rat race. I mean, it's it's essential because work has to be done. But you got to realize that um aside from that 9 to 5, there's got to be something bigger than yourself that you are living for. So what was your turning point? where you came to this realization or were you always this had this mindset or was it when she started reading? No, man, no. Um, I guess it, it started when I started actually losing some weight. Mm -hmm. It's, it's, um, you know, some people just jump on this weight loss thing to look better or to, there, there's there's a lot of approaches and none of them is wrong in my opinion but for me it was i hit rock bottom man and i think you know it's it's the typical um movie story of somebody who tries so hard to fight the system and then life eventually brings you to your knees that's inevitable everybody faces it um I was almost homeless. I was broke. I was, you know, I, I, there's a lot of sob stories in my background, but, um, when I started to really look inside and think, okay, um, if you're gonna see any change, that change has to start from within. And then I started going to the gym on a whim. Um, it was actually triggered by some nasty remark made by a drunk guy at a party. And I just, you, you just reach a point in your life or your career or whatever. And you say, this is it. I'm, I'm no longer accepting, um, who I am because I was in this position for a very long time where I was just like, if you don't accept me for who I am, this nasty, hateful person, then out be with you. And you get you, you, you get into that victim mindset and you start feeling like this 
lone ranger out in the world living because nobody understands you. No, man. No. Everybody understands that you're hurting. And everybody's hurting too. So people will just leave. Everybody left, including my own parents. Everybody just decided that I was a lost cause. And I had to come back into my own self and say, um, I need to find myself. And I might not, I might not have the skills yet to project that realization onto the world, but that's who I am. I mean, I, I started listening to podcasts and it was just a random thing you do to get the cardio done when you're trying to get an hour on the treadmill, it can be very long. And so I started getting these messages about how you can manifest things and how what you put out in the world comes back to you and it, it, it multiplies. And okay, I'm putting a lot of hate out there. I'm not going to deny it. And then I, I read The Secret, uh, the book. Mm -hmm. And to me, it's not like some sort of magic spell that you can use to uh, manifest what you want in the world, although magic is real. Um, I can attest to that. And, you know, um, so, yeah, um, I got into a, a position where I started reading about um, joy and self-realization. And I stumbled upon the big names. I remember the first time I listened to Tony, Rob Tony Robbins mm -hmm. speak. Yeah. I was, I was speechless for hours, for hours. That guy has amazing energy to him and just the sheer size of the guy. He's a giant and, and he demands that, um, uh, holiness to whatever he says. And I was weak at the time. So he managed to get to me and I started listening to everybody else. He started referring to the people who taught him. So I started going back to old books, the power of positive thinking, uh, books from the forties and the fifties. And I suddenly I realized how, how much time I lost. I'm 38 years old. Um, when I was a kid, I remember I was eight or nine and I asked my dad, dad, how old are you? And he said, son, I'm an old man. I'm 40. Mm, and yeah. to this day, to this day, I regard the age of 40 as adulthood as that's where you, by the age of 40, my dad had two kids and a family and he was supporting his parents. And I am no way near what he achieved at the age at the, at the age of 40. I'm I'm just starting out man and I've had so many resets in my life that I'm starting to think um they're all pieces in a bigger puzzle and um I started to to really fall into this regret mindset but then that book the secret the first lesson it teaches you is that you are not a victim. Own it. Own everything that is you. The abuse. It, I mean, it's it's a really tough pill to swallow. But 
even the abuse, the hateful relationships, you brought that on yourself even as a kid. And you have to understand that you have to own that. That is just a part of who you are now. And use that, use that energy to move on and to bring good onto the world. So if I don't agree with how my dad raised me, I use that energy to be the exact opposite. I'm a caring, loving husband. Um, if I have kids, I'll be a good father. Right. At least I know what to do, what, what not to do, right? So get out of your own head. Um, observe yourself as if you were looking at a stranger. Like if I'm sitting on my bed in the morning trying to talk myself out of doing the things that need to be done, I would suddenly look at myself as just somebody bending over and over his bed and doing nothing. And I would just command myself to get up and try and be something. It's, it's not going to happen. Just get yourself out there. Get the ugly beginnings out of your life because they will happen. And there's no shortcut. There's no shortcuts in life. I, I mean, look at the lottery. <laughs> Uh, what 70% of people who win the lottery lose it in the first three years. Yeah. I've seen that. Yeah. So you gotta be, you gotta be who you are and you gotta be ready because when the miracle happens, um, it's a responsibility and miracles do happen. It's, it's, uh, it's a fact of life. And, and that's, that's how great, this gift of life is whatever you put out there comes to you multiplied. So just put love out there. And, you know, one of, one of the things that really got to me is something I, I think it was Simon Sinek who said it. Um, one of the, one of the bad things you can do to yourself is to expect good to come back from the same people you did good on. So if you're walking down the street and somebody drops something and you help them pick their, their, their things up, it's a mindless act of kindness. Don't expect that person to dish out $1,000 and give them to you. But someday you, you, you will drop something and somebody will help you. So keep paying it forward. There's, there's no way in life that putting good in the world will come back to hunt you. But if you put enough hate out there, it'll come back and it will get you. And it's not the same person you hurt, no matter how, mu how, how much you run away. The, the people you hurt will hurt other people. And that circle of hate will come back and it will get you. So just be good, man. Be good to the world. Be good to the people around you. And, and no matter how small your circle is. You can do good on the world. Yeah, it's like the the butterfly effect. Like it's it like is. you know, it starts with one and this is it ripples through everything. So like you said, if you're putting out hate, you're gonna you're gonna manifest hate. But if you're putting Absolutely. out goodness, you can manifest goodness. Because I think with manifestation, it's like yes, you have to wish good things and put that out there into the world, but you also have to put the work to get it done. And the same thing can be it, the opposite. If you don't do anything good, it's just like if you're always 
breeding hate and negativity, that's what you're going to consume. And that's who the people are going to be around you. If you have anybody that still wants to be around you, if you're like that all the time. True. Absolutely. Absolutely. The one, the thing about manifestation is it's not, um, you know, your, your, your brain is a very simple machine. If you, if you're trying to reach for somebody for something on your desk right now, you don't calculate what happens in your, in your muscles. You just reach out. And that's how your brain functions. It wants to get you from point A to point B. So in my, in my humble opinion, um, manifestation is just setting that point B in stone, just imagining the good that can be and how you would feel about it. And then let the world function, let your brain function, let the, let it carry you from the point A where you are right now to the point B that you desire. To me, that's the practical, um, non-magical way of thinking about manifestation. You mm-hmm. don't you don't think about how you put every foot in front of the other. You just think that you want to get to where you want to go, and your body carries you. And that's how the universe works. It's kind of like thinking of a, like a major goal and then all the things you're going to do for it as you're working towards it. You're not really thinking of, like you said, the, the steps, like one foot in front of the other, because you're just doing it already to work to your main goal. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. You don't, you know, there's no, if you look at, I, and, and, and um, if you're a man of faith and you take a look at any book that, tries to guide people to a greater good, mm-hmm. nothing out there, no deity, no matter who you believe in, nobody tells you the exact steps to be good. They just tell you to have the faith. And essentially, faith is the belief in something that you can't see. And that something can be the successful, fulfilled yourself. Like if you believe in yourself and you can put your mind in a position that you can see yourself in that great place, no matter what it is. And even if you fake it, and that's the beauty of it, it it creeps onto you. So if you don't, if you don't feel it today, fake it. Fake that you believe in yourself right? for a day, for two, for a week. And then you'll start doing small things and you'll, you'll just think, oh, I can do this. I can probably do a little better. What if I do a 1% better tomorrow? You know, 1% better every day is 37 fold in a year. And yeah. Would you say that your, I guess, past like anger or nastiness that you put out there was attributed to like something that happened in your childhood and then that was a part of the weight that you had before? It's, you know, when I was in that position, I did a lot of analysis. I would try to pin it on so many things and I blamed everything starting from God and down 
everybody on the in in the pyramid was somehow guilty for who I for who I am. And then one day I I decided to own all of this, and I suddenly stopped looking in that rearview mirror. Mm-hmm. So I I went into therapy. And the one thing I hated about therapy is all the the past analysis. Like, I don't know if, if it was the wrong person or the wrong experience, or maybe I was projecting the wrong message, but I'm not looking for somebody to analyze my parents and tell me why I was abused. I am looking for a way to move past that and to use that for the greater good. Like if I see someone slap a little kid, I would take a stand for that kid. doesn't matter what brought me to this position, but I have compassion for everybody who is helpless. I have compassion for everybody who didn't get a chance in life to be their true potential because somebody had their foot down on them to try and keep them contained because people are so scared of the potential that is in your little brother or in your kid. If you just let them go and they explode into the world and they become something that you can't control. So people out of fear of loss and some sometimes out of love, they would just keep you contained. And I didn't realize how much I can talk and how much I can be out there in the world until I broke free from the prison that was my parents. And you know what? I made peace with them now. I call my mom and I call my dad and I pay the due respect to two people in their 70s who 25, 30 years ago tried to do their best to bring up kids in a, in a vicious environment where they had to both work two jobs. So if they lashed out or if, they, if, if the lashing was all they understood how to do to raise a good kid, then I'm not going to... I'm not going to fix them in their seventies. Right. Right. So I just pay respect where respect is due. I disagree with them agreeably. And I just, I keep my distance, man. I mean, there's like 7,000 kilometers between us now as it's. And I think, um, when I got so far from them, I started to realize that, yeah, this is enough distance. Now, let's try to approach them again from a different angle. And I'm at the age today where my dad was abusing me. He was in his late 30s when it happened. And I was like eight or nine. And am I making the right decisions every day? No, I'm doing my best. And he was doing his best. And I know some people had it much worse. And I'm not saying that you forgive. And I'm not saying that it's it's uh, a good thing that I that anybody was abused. I'm just saying that you really need to 
get over it somehow. Contain it. Compartmentalize it. Just stash it somewhere and extract the good that you can get out of that experience, even if it means that you use that to understand the messages other kids are saying. Like, I can relate to people in abusive relationships. I can read the hidden messages. I can see the broken smiles. And I'm grateful for my parents. And that attitude of gratitude is the key, man. The key. That's that's how you get up there. The more you have gratitude, the more the universe pays you back in dividends. So would you say you have empathy towards your parents? Like not saying that what they did was right, but maybe it's like a learned behavior because that's what their parents did to them. And so they think that's the way, because there's no blueprint to be a parent, you know? So like, so like what they thought, what they were raised, they're like, okay, this is what you raise your children. And I think a lot of people are getting to that mindset. Like, okay, what my parents did to me, maybe that's not what I want to do carrying forward. Like you break that generational curse. Like just because your family is that way doesn't mean you have to be that way. Absolutely. And and they did good in some ways. I had a good education. Um, I But by the age of six, I was talking and speaking and writing two languages. Wow. So, I mean, academically, I was beyond good. And that was forced onto me. But then when you go into that interview and you understand that you might have not had the full picture and they might have not given you the best medicine, but they did their best. And, you know, at, I mean, even if they live to be a hundred, they have what, 25, 30 more years in this world. And most of which, they will be helpless. So just forgive, man. It's no use. What do you want to do? Go kill him? Yeah, because like that, I mean, if you're always holding resentment towards somebody, you're you're the one that's holding on to the pain. Because most of the time, the people that did something to you forgot what they did. Like they they moved Absolutely. on past that that moment in time. Absolutely. Absolutely. They and and you know, sometimes I get into heat heated discussions with them about the past and I am astonished by how much they believe they were doing good. Yeah. Like, yeah, man. I mean, you, you, I'm, I'm the black sheep of the family and you know, that, that feeling of being always misunderstood sometimes manifests in, in those, um, discussions and i'm like wow these are two points of view that can never meet so i'm gonna just extract whatever good i can from that relationship for example my dad was a a very successful project manager in construction um he led projects of more than 50,000 people working 24 seven. And if I can extract 
10% of that skill, I can be a good at my, my trade. So if he was not the best father in the world, so be it. I mean, who, who, who is the perfect father? Well, it's kind of like, you know, I can, I, I can understand exactly what you're saying. Cause like when my parents came over from uh, South Africa, when we came to America, you know, like, um, my mom used to hit us, you know, and stuff when, and because she didn't, she didn't know how to communicate. And that's how her parents did her and her brothers and sisters, you know? So like what Tony was right. saying, like, that's the only thing they knew instead of trying to talk it out. They, you know, they would just like, my dad never hit us. I don't think, I don't remember, but like, it was always my mom. And then when I got too fat, my mom, couldn't. when she hit me one time, my hand hurt and she didn't hit me anymore. But like, it was just, you know, I don't hate them for it because my childhood was good. I think, you know, I had, I had everything I want. I think I had everything I wanted. Um, because when we first came to America, we were really poor. But then when it was my turn growing up, you know, like we weren't as poor as my older brothers and stuff, you know, because they definitely did go without, you know, like they didn't go with like nice shoes, nice clothes. It was just, everything was hand me down, you know, but like, yeah, man, it's, I don't think that they understand that it was wrong of what they were doing. But then again, I see it also was where they didn't under know it was wrong. But right. like my brothers, they don't they don't hit their kids, you know. And like, so I think that's over with now, you know. From from my brothers, you know, like they they ended that because like, I'm sure if my brother ever hit my nephew Neil, he probably called the cops on him or something, you know. Like you know you know it's just serious, <laughs> like you know it's just something like that. But like, it's just uh, those those things are ending and I just think that like the more first generational that not even not no we know like so my nephew and nieces are first generation born here and then like but we we came over and we're like as as the more time goes on it's going to be less and less of that and more loving and okay explain to me what do you mean you know like talk to me right instead of smack and well I think everything evolves over time and we see that just like look at movies from like the 80s and 70s and 60s or whatever to today. Like even like stuff like right. stereotypical stuff is not OK anymore. Like, But at one time, everybody was like, OK, that's just the time period we're in. So like if you look at the way our parents treated us, it's just that was the time then. And now it's the time to do something moving forward to a better a better way of uh, communicating and reprimanding somebody. Because, like, I saw something one time. This guy was like, if somebody told you they smacked their your, their wife, you'd be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? But if somebody says they beat their kids, everybody's like, oh, that's normal. And it's like, why is that normal? There, there's something that came out of you and you're beating it. It's like there's other ways to correct somebody than hitting them. Yeah, I mean, it's uh, and, and, and kids are evolving. Like, um, I have this little kid in my extended family and he's being hit. And the more exposure these kids get to the media, he's developing this sense of being numb to it. And I keep telling his parents, you're, you're, you're not raising a good kid because he's standing up to it in the sense that he is getting hit and he's not feeling anything so it lost its effect 
and someday it's it's gonna bounce back and you know kids are very peculiar uh i remember um reading something it's it's actually it's it's purely biological like look at look at a horse um a newborn horse is fully developed that if you take the mother the kid will survive we're not like that our kids depend on us to stay alive and that is a gift and a responsibility and you're you're shaping another human being how can you how can you assume that you can beat another person into behavior i mean it's just not going to happen maybe it happened in our generation because we didn't know where to look and we we and this is actually quite funny because i was homeschooled right i never went to school um and i just automatically assumed that every other kid in the world was getting the same treatment so it was it was normalized i didn't think it was um wrong until i met other kids in my teens first the first time i set foot in a in a club or in a coffee shop or any of that was when i was 16 so i was like oh my god you mean your 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 parents didn't hit you all the time and i started getting because as a teenager you can develop anger so fast i was like no way you're going to be my parents no way and and by the time i was 25 i was just out of the house and i didn't set foot back into their place until i was 33 or 34 so i lost like 8 or 9 years of their precious lives and when i came back they were old people and i looked at them and i was like oh my god i still hold in me that same picture of those people that i hated so much but they're not those people anymore they're yeah. just two old people looking for support from their kids so i guess um again do good on the world man it, it'll come back whether it be your kids or somebody else's kids no i i don't believe i was cut out to be a parent and that's why i don't have kids but um if i see somebody's kid in need of help i'll do it if i see another person struggling i will really think what i can do to enable them you know that's that's the that's what i always tell my wife like I'm not in this world to I'm not in this world to give you emotions or give you money or give you I'm in this world to enable you. So whatever you decide is what you want to do in your life, I will always be a stepping stone for you in that direction, whether it be financially or emotionally or whatever it is, be an enabler. in the world and and people will will remember you. Was it hard for you or have you always been like um an emotional person like being able to share and express your emotions or did that come with your therapy? No, I I've been always this way. Yeah. Um I was brought 
I was brought in a house where up to this day, uh, my, uh, my dad lost his cousin the other day and they were very close. Yeah. And yeah, I was, I was talking to him and he was, he was trying so hard to express emotion, but he just couldn't. He was saying these messages about how he's trying to find purpose in living and how he's losing track of what it's like to stay alive because he's the more he lives, the more he loses the people he holds dear to himself. And I, I'm, I'm so grateful that I'm such an emotional person because I can express myself and get that energy out because I cannot reach into him and get that out. He has to do it himself. Mm -hmm. And so, um, I was always emotional. I was always, um, against his, men don't cry narrative yeah so um up to this day i i'm i express my emotions in tears a lot uh whether it be um joy or uh or fear or whatever um i just get emotional and it's it's a blessing in some way because i carry that into my work and it can be a burden at some times when things don't go your way. But when you have something in your hand that you're trying to shape, you put a lot of emotion into trying to shape it. And that emotion shows and everybody around you can catch on to that vibe and resonate with how much you're, how much effort you're, how much honest effort you're putting into it. So I think and that's that's a whole can of worms i'm not sure i want to open but men are not allowed to express express emotion enough yeah i was taught that um i, I forgot i'll never forget i was in first grade or something and i started crying somehow i got back to my dad and he was like boys we men don't cry and for the longest right. time like that was just always ingrained in my head like you know no emotion whatsoever and then I remember, like, even people would, like, try to hug me, and I'd be like, that's weird. Like, what are you trying to do? Like, like it was just not – it was everything, like, physical touch or uh, emotions was off the table for me. And then right. it became a point, and it's like, what kind of life is this? Like, you're closed off from everybody. And I think that's a thing that a lot of men need to get away from that mentality is that you cannot have emotion. I mean, if we, men didn't cry, we wouldn't have tear ducts. <laughs> you know? Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 there's this fine line between being emotional and being, uh, useless. So be emotional, but know in yourself when emotions are getting in, in the way of your development. So drop the hate drop the resentment, drop whatever emotions that are not. And, and like I said, observe yourself as if you were looking at somebody else that you care for. And I think that's Jordan Peterson. Uh, and, and take care of yourself and appreciate your emotion. And um, there's, there's this amazing book called, uh, I think it's called Taming the Monkey or Taming the Chimp. And it describes your primitive um, reactions 
all those emotional backlashes uh, like jealousy and, and, and anger and um, wanting to hit people and all of that, th these are just your primitive survival instincts trying to keep you alive. But if the outer cortex of your brain takes over and you can sit down with that monkey, with that giant King Kong, and you talk to him and you say, calm down, we're safe. We're safe. Um, your wife is not trying to ditch you. Your job is not trying to ditch you. The world is not as vicious as the caveman thinks. So calm down. We can talk. Y you wanna? He wants to tear down the room to try and protect you, and you can. You gotta appreciate that. He's trying to protect you, so you gotta sit with him, and you gotta learn to talk to him and say, "It's okay." We can get through this without hitting someone or without tearing down the house. Let it out, but let it out in a, in a safe space. And I think um, one of the one of the first things you should be looking for in a in a permanent relationship with someone is how safe they allow you to be when you're trying to express emotions that should not be out there in public. Right. Yeah. And without without being abusive to those people, obviously, so you don't take anger on your wife. But I'm I'm trying to say if you break down and cry and that person you're living with comes to you and say, hey, men don't cry. Yeah, that'd be fucked up. And yeah, yeah, it, it's it's uh, going to make my you, own. It's going to make you revert. You're not going to want to show any emotion to them ever again, probably. Or you're going to have some resentment to them. Because that's who you are. You know, it's like, yeah. like I'm not going to knock you for something that's a part of your character. Why would you knock something that's part of my character? What was that? Right. Tony, what was that show? It's a podcast show. Um, you sent us a clip, I think. Or it's something about, they said, what do you all think about if a guy cries in front of you? And then all, all, the, all the woman said, oh, I would never look at him the same ever again. No, like, no. That's what no. the guy oh, wow. said. Oh. The guy said that. He said that. The women said they wanted a guy that was emotional. And the guys on the panel were like, that's what you think you want. But if a guy does cry from you, you're probably going to judge him. But, I mean, that just it's case by case, man. Not everybody is the same. And a lot of these guys that think this have this whole alpha mentality, which is complete bullshit. Um, you know, because it's just like that's your insecurities that make you think you have to act macho to be a man. You know, it doesn't absolutely being macho is not a man. I mean. Some of the most alpha men probably in the world are like guys that are not physically that strong, like Jeff Bezos, fucking uh, <laughs> Elon Musk, you know, Mark Zuckerberg. I mean, those are guys that are dominating the fucking world. And they're not like an Arnold Schwarzenegger type person physique wise. Right. And, you know, when Arnold Schwarzenegger um, was in a position to rule. He did not do it by being an alpha. Mm -hmm. Right. He had to humble down and listen. So it doesn't it, it good guys win, man. Good guys win. And and that is one of the messages that I wish everybody out there uh, would really get that, you know, 
abusing a man just because you think he's weak. It's men like this who can survive and who can keep a family. And, you know, all the narrative about dating the ugly guy. Yeah. It's like, um, it's the ones who can get out of their own being and look at the world and try to do good because they think they are not good themselves. These are the people who actually do good on the world. And people who are so, oh, men who are so full of themselves, these are the guys who end up in a room by themselves because that's, that's everybody they know how to be with. So, you know, um, everybody I know who has raised good kids, who has left a good impression on the world in their early experiences as men, they were abused and they were taking granted, taken for granted, and they were talking down on to and, and, and um, it's funny how the world functions because if you can get that sense of self-belief into teenagers, you can rule the world, but the system just demands so much of people and, and especially at a young age that the only father figures they can look up to are the, are the alpha or who they think is an alpha in the world. And, and there's a lot of porn and there's a lot of movies and, and there's a lot of suits and there's a lot of um, sons of anarchies and, there's a lot of um, narrative about who a man should or should not look like or and, and, and behave like. And it's just not true. Good men finish last because good men survive and good men raise good families. That's a good way of looking at it. Because, I mean, like, we're all survivors if you think about it. I mean... How many people did we beat out to get here in the first place? You know, right. even our ancestors had to beat like diseases and animals and hunger and cold and heat to get to where we are today. And, and to, other like, humans. Yeah. And to like take all that for granted and treat people like garbage for what? You know, we're all equal. Like, I mean, as far as like being a human, you know, so it's like treat people with kindness. Yeah, I mean, you can talk down to me when you develop a third kidney. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, it's sad, man. It's sad that a lot of people, like, have this Hollywood mentality of what people are supposed to be like. You know what? Um, it's, it's just yesterday, um, my wife gave me this amazing lesson. And I think... I'm forever changed. Just yesterday, I was telling her how cruel the world is. And she just stopped me. And she said, the world is not cruel. There are cruel people out there. And yeah. there is cruelty in the world. But if you become the best version of yourself, if you become the best person you can be and you project that, you will attract the best people in life. And you will attract the best experiences in life. So 
there's no use putting out general statements like the world is cruel because that's what you will be attracting the cruelty so if you start from within and you start thinking i'm a good person and i'm married to a good person and i'm living in a good building and i make good things in my house and i try to offer that goodness onto the neighbors and onto the community then who is to say you live in a cruel world Yeah, I think a lot of us think that things are so bad because that's what's been projected to us by like the internet, the news. I mean, that's what sells. It's salacious. So you can't really right. sell like good news. It's got to be fear-based and fear is currency. So if you're right, everything right. is like it's doom and gloom because like all these people are not all these, but there's a lot of people who are like, "Oh, this is the worst time in the history of the world, you know, <laughs> we only have this much time left." Blah blah. You're in the moment now. Yeah. Fix what's here. Like Do good things. Don't worry about Absolutely. tomorrow because tomorrow's not guaranteed. Absolutely. Yeah, plant the seed. Plant the seed. Just put something out there and watch it grow into something and if it's good, it'll grow into a good thing. And if it less if it's less than that, then you, you you get what you put out there. That's that's absolutely it. And and it's amazing how just by losing some weight you try you suddenly get into this position to think wow i could be so much better i could be so much better in the world i could leave behind a lot of the abuse and some of it is self abuse because when you binge you're abusing yourself you're you're punishing yourself for something you shouldn't be punishing yourself for and you start to develop much healthier relationships with the world and that is when i met my wife when i when i i met her when i just had lost 100 pounds oh wow and it's it's not it's not about me looking better of course there's no way i can look better than this <laughs> <laughs> but i mean i was in a position then to attract a good person So and I you, had come out of so much abuse, man. Do you think that the image you were putting out there to the world is the reason why you probably weren't attracting somebody like your wife at that time? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I was putting out you should you should have seen my Twitter at the time. And I don't know if I should be saying this in public, <laughs> but I had so much hate yeah. towards everyone because I thought Wow, that is, um, you know, sometimes you look at something and you say, why isn't that person me? Mm. So you look at you look at Mark Zuckerberg and you think, look at this 34, 35, 40-year-old man sitting on his behind all day doing nothing. No, he's not doing nothing. He probably put something out there good in the world and he's getting something good back. And we can... Talk for hours about whether Facebook is good or bad, but it's a place where people can do good or bad. <laughs> and so I was looking at the world from a perspective of why me and why not me and a lot of useless whys. And when I suddenly decided to drop that narrative and started accepting that I can conquer myself and Sports and, and 
athletism is a good way to to discover yourself because your body's not going to lie to you. It's not going to patronize you. Iron doesn't lie. Um, and and the amount of self-respect you get from being able to lift weight off the earth for a number of repetitions is something that opens your eyes to the good. What other, I mean, what other good you can you do with your body? And it got me in a position where I was thinking, I was looking at the guys at, in the gym and I was thinking, why are we lifting iron off the face of the earth and then putting it back just to look better? What else can I lift off the face of the earth to make the world a little better? Can I, can I lift some bricks to build a school for the underprivileged? Can I lift some cement to build a house for the homeless? And if, if everybody who's in a gym in the world put their effort together to lift something other than iron, Yes, gyms will go out of business, but we can build so much. And I'm not saying that people should stop going to, I still go to the gym and I still challenge myself every day. But when I go out of the gym and I'm sitting at home and I'm thinking if I can lift an X amount of weight, what else can I lift off of the face of the earth to make it a better place? So do you think that once you started changing your outside, is that when your inside changed? Yes. It's, I was, it started from a very superficial remark made by a very superficial man. I, I, if I met him again, I would never re- recognize him again. Mm-hmm. It, was a, it was a company party. I used to work for a Fortune 500 company, uh, probably the biggest company in the world right now. And I was at a company event and this guy invited me back to his room. Um, nothing against being um, uh, gay. But the remark he made at the time was that I was the perfect specimen to be gay because I looked like a woman. And you can be I can try and make this as politically correct as I can, but that changed me. Mm. I do not want to be recognized for my body because we were there on a company event. We should be recognized for who we are yeah, or what achievements we did in business. And I was like, no, I'm not going to stay in this body. And then I started changing and it's a snowball positive change opens up your mind to manifest more change, to read more, to attract more. Um, I can't remember the last time I picked up a novel. I'm not into fantasy anymore. Not anymore. I wish I I picked up the latest um, Stephen King and I just, it's just sitting there because the amount of time I can put into reading had better go into something I can use to make the world a better place. Right. And it's not that I'm being 
too strict or I'm being too kosher. I'm just, when I pick up that book and I'll look at it and I'm like, no, I just, I want to learn something about myself first. And the more you learn about yourself, the more you understand that you can put good onto others. That's it. Yeah, I think a lot of us, I mean, I think we're all guilty of this at some point in time in our life is we either abuse our mind or abuse our body. And those are two things that we can't get back. And it's like we take care of like our our house and our car and, you know, do stuff for our job. But Mm. the thing that is affording us to do all that, we're abusing it. And it's like, you know, it's like at what point is it going to take for you to be like, okay, this is important to me? Like, do you have to go to the hospital and have an ailment? You know? And so, yeah, like when you when you realize that point in your life when that switch turned on and you're like, okay, I don't want to be this anymore. I just want to, I want to do something to serve myself. Right. Right. It's, um, and, and that's, that is why I try to inspire people to just take a step in the right direction and, and watch the snowball grow because if you're in a position that you don't like and your 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 positive feedback cycle it's it's not it's positive in the sense that it grows but it's growing in the wrong direction mm-hmm. like you you hate yourself for eating too much and, and and then you go and eat too much and then you can't get off um to do anything and you can't put yourself out there in the world to meet new people and you grow hateful off the world and yourself. And it's all because you're not taking one step, putting one foot in front in front of the other in the right direction. And like I said, no, nothing in the Bible, nothing in the Quran, nothing out there says you have to walk a thousand miles to be good. It just says having a faith um, and I think in the Bible, it says you need to have faith the size of a mustard seed. If you have faith in the size of a mustard seed, you can conquer any problem you face. And if you have just enough courage to trust yourself to do good for one day, that that streak will, will continue and continue and, and, and it'll build up. And, you know, it's um, the 12 step program. Um, for AA, you don't finish the program. And the, the last step is you have to help somebody else. That's the last step in the 12-step program. You cannot graduate un- until you've learned to catch someone who's trying to be caught and walk the path with them. And that's what I'm trying to do through everything I do, trying to hold somebody's hand and walk the path with them. And I'm, 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 I'm not happy that the way the world is shaped right now is that you have to express yourself through song and dance on TikTok and, and Instagram and be entertaining as much as possible. But if that's what I have to do, then I will dance on a pole if that means I can grab the hand of someone trying to be good and walk a mile with them. So since you've been on your journey in with your page, I just looked at because Ralph sent me the link a little bit ago. Um, 
Have you been getting messages from people about how your message is resonating with them? Not as much as you would think. I think, um, and I, I stopped trying to, I stopped trying to think of myself as someone who would change the world in a day. But yes, I have a close group of following and, and followers who I consider um, a support group and a family in a sense. And, you know, they, they recognize the good that I'm trying to do and they resonate with that. And, you know, it, it's, it's, it's good when you take a day off and people recognize that you've been off. Mm. And if that happens Again, the ripple effect. Um, I would love to be in a stadium one day talking to 300,000 youth trying to change the way they think. But if I can do it today with five people, then so be it. Um, mind you, I'm, I'm, I'm reading on digital marketing and I'm reading on um, how the algorithm works because these are the tools that I have to work with to try to get the message out. But the one thing that I've learned through this journey is that as long as you're chasing the message, not chasing the viewership and not chasing the um, follow number, the, the, side of the, the size of the community, it doesn't matter what tool you're gonna use, someday, you're going to catch a break. And it happens with everybody that you would think of as successful today. Everybody had an ugly beginning. Mm -hmm. And I think I've been at this for, what, five years now, and I still think I'm in an ugly beginning. I'm all over the place. Um, I don't think I have a firm grasp of the tools that, I, that are in my hands. But I know that the message I have is... A message worth saying and a message worth getting out in the world so i'm i'm such an introvert you wouldn't believe i'm it, it took a lot of courage for me to sit today on video and talk to you guys but because i believe the message is bigger than my preference on methods of communication I will put myself through discomfort for the next person to take enough courage to put themselves through enough discomfort for all of the world to put themselves out of their comfort zone and build stuff. So your message is bigger than yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, it doesn't matter how, how big I get. I'm just one out of 7 billion. Mm -hmm. Right. I can, I can drop dead right now. Like and I always say, there's a, there's an ass for every seat. Like you said, there's seven plus billion people in this world. Um, so like there's somebody that's going to resonate with your message mm -hmm. and then they can share it with somebody. And then you, like you said, a snowball effect will happen. Cause I think social media has shifted everybody's opinion of thinking that everything happens overnight. It's true because that's all we see, you know, like we we just see 
the result. We don't see all the grinding and stuff like that that they put into it. Like like your for example, your stuff. I just you know that shirt you have on is the shirt the picture I saw in Explorer. You know, and I was like, oh, what is that? Mm. And then I, I know what it is. And but like it's, I was like, that's cool as shit. You know, I never thought about something like that. And you know, you're just tracking it like that. And but it took you a long time to get to that number where that bar is at right now. You know, and 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 you know what? It's it's not it's not about the number, mm-hmm. and it's not about the superficial, um, the materialistic uh, feeling of a shirt. It's about recognizing the people who put in the effort in silence because like you just said social media the algorithm is shaped around um people who already made it so the the compound effect of success favors those who made it and i was i was listening to um this guy mr beast um, I've never seen a video of his, but he is probably the biggest YouTuber in the world right now. And I don't care what he puts out in the world. And I've never seen any of his work, but I appreciate the message that he, him and his partner at the time, they grinded for nine years, nine years, putting in the work from the moment they get up to the moment they go to bed. They're grinding that algorithm to get to where he is today. So get the ugly beginnings out of the way and recognize the people who are making the the effort in silence. My, My message through a shirt like this is that if you see someone walk in the room weighing 400 pounds, never judge that person because he might be he might have been 600 pounds two years ago. Right. So I'm trying, I'm trying to give credit to the people who grind in silence because they don't look like the supermodels that are on the billboards. And I'm done challenging the, the narrative on who gets to be on TV because there's just so much at play and so many people are still asleep. But if I can reach to you and him and my wife and somebody in the gym and I wake them up to the fact that whatever they did is an achievement worth celebrating, then that will change them to look at themselves in a better way because I've seen so many people fall in the trap of not knowing what the next step is after they've made it. So weight loss is just the beginning. You, you got to understand that weight loss is not, this body is going to wither away, whether you like it or not. Um, um, the, the life expect- expectancy of humans is growing, but I have to understand and I have to realize I'm halfway through and that's wishful. And that's me being optimistic. Yeah. If I live to be, I'm 38. So if I live close to 80, that's it. I'm at the halfway point of my life today. And 
I gotta I gotta start thinking about what message I'm putting out in the world, and 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 this is the message I want to put out is that every single achievement is worth celebrating. I I it's not these shirts are not just gonna be for weight loss. I'm gonna make some of them for people who are sober for X number of days. Oh, that's a nice. You know, idea. it's it's it starts with the number zero, and that's your worst enemy. And I heard that from someone um, who actually lost the battle to addiction. He lost, and I'm not. And and that's what I'm saying. It's you, you get wisdom from people who don't really make it in the world, but they have a message that resonates with you. That guy said, "Your worst enemy in the world is the number zero. Zero days you've been sober." Zero days without an accident. Zero days without binging. Zero days without any nasty habit that you're trying to escape. Zero is your worst enemy, and and if you can get the bar as far away from zero as you can, then you're on the right track. And it doesn't matter how good you're looking, and how much people judge you in the gym, and how much people um, judge the 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 dark circles around your eyes because you're spending you're spending your night studying to be some something better for your kids doesn't matter your achievements surviving abuse surviving alcoholism surviving and and this is a message worth saying to the world and because food is so natural to us it's not yet recognized as an addiction but it should be at some point I lashed out at uh, a major pizza company the other day on Instagram because I am cheap and I don't pay for Spotify. But that doesn't that doesn't mean that you get to feed me pizza commercials while I'm at the gym. Mm. We should have the choice to turn off ads for things that hurt us. I don't want to see an ad for pizza. And I'm still I'm still small in the sense that I don't have a giant audience that can hear this message, but it'll be something I will pursue someday. Um food is a real addiction. And you don't go to somebody who is addicted to crack and you show him an ad for how successful someone be on crack cocaine. Yeah. Yeah. I never thought about so, that. Like yeah. the ads being, you know, obviously maybe not targeted, but you could curate the ad uh, for what you do and not want to see or hear because it might trigger something inside you, especially if you're dealing does, with that. You, uh, what's, what was the, Pavlov's dog? Like, if you have that association with something, you get the reaction regardless of whether the substance is there or not. So I'm in the gym. I'm trying to lift. Somebody's promising me a huge discount on a giant New York pizza. Mm -hmm. And I start salivating in the gym. The contradiction of the situation of me trying to be better physically and fighting that addiction 
got me to I was angry, like, stop feeding me this. And and that's not and you know, they put these you know what? I bet you the people who smile on these pizza ads, they don't eat pizza because they have to look a certain way to be on pizza ads. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Like on the commercials and stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you right. generally don't see yeah. like morbidly obese people on commercials for food stuff, like snacks and all that stuff like that. But that's generally Absolutely. the people that are eating it. Absolutely. Put a put a, a, a real food addict on a pizza ad and let people decide for themselves like this is the consequence of consuming one large pizza for ten dollars every single day. Right. If you see that, like you see it, like Tony just say, if you see a bigger person or a morbidly obese person on a pizza ad or Buffalo Wild Wings ad or whatever, you're probably gonna be like, ah, oh, maybe I don't want that. You know, you, it's a it's a turnoff, right? Because you're seeing the because you know you're about to eat this whole thing, and that might happen to you if you do it for six months straight or whatever. You know, like. And yeah, damn, that's good. I never thought about that. Um, the 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 every every industry out there that is related to a substance that causes um, dependency, they will try to flatten the curve for you. So, and I, I'm I'm not an expert in this. This is not based on any study. This is just how I see them. Mm-hmm. So, they will bring a supermodel something that you would desire and put it next to a car, something that you might not really think you need. And they will try to ease the blow. They will never tell you, you will end up paying triple the price of that car to own it. And you'll never get that woman, by the way. Yeah. But, but they try to put it, Hey, it's just $10 a day. It's just $300 a month. It's just one pizza. It's just one hit of whatever it is. And that's why the number zero is your enemy because you never slip. And I'm not saying you don't enjoy life and I'm not saying you shouldn't have a pizza, but if you have an eating disorder in the form of an addiction and you can't control your binging, then you need to distance yourself from whatever is causing you to binge. I don't keep snacks around the house. I do, but I keep things like popcorn that I know that if I reach out to, A, it's going to take me five or six minutes to prepare. So that's some time to think about the consequences of what I'm about, what I'm about to do. Mm-hmm. And B, if I eat the whole thing, that's like 300 calories. And I take that out of my dinner to accommodate for a night in front of a movie with my wife. So there is ways that you can enjoy even a pizza. Hey, go and eat a whole pizza, but realize that those are 3000 calories that are going in your system. And you have to budget around that like you budget money. Mm-hmm. So you spend calories that you don't own because these are calories you're not burning. So go easy on dinner for the rest of the week or go easy on drinking for the weekend yeah. or do it every other week 
or allow yourself to be to go all out once every three months yeah they generally say but, like you're supposed to do stuff if it's like a snack or something like that outside your home because if you have it in your home it's going to be a temptation that's good that's a good way to to, to look at it because if you buy if i you, just go ahead go ahead i just try to i just try to distance myself from things that hurt I think whether i i i i i spent some time um researching about habit forming mm-hmm. because i think i'm not diagnosed i think i have adhd um uh, i have very short bursts of extreme creativity so and then i fall into a um into a stretch of depression where i don't think what i'm doing matters so the reason the, the way to fight that is to form habits i wake up at 3:30 in the morning and i have google calendar on my phone and i have everything written down even brushing my teeth at 5 a.m. i brush my teeth i pray and i go to the gym between 3:30 and 5 i read i look at my social media i respond to any positive messages that are out there and then i'm in the gym 5 to 7:30 i shower and i'm ready for work by 9 and if you get into those habits enough your your um feelings for the day don't matter because that i still wake up on weekends very early and i can i i almost have no alarm anymore and i don't, i i'm not saying that i am a successful person i'm just saying that the human brain can be programmed to wake up and sleep at specific times and if you can't control when you wake up and when you go to sleep there's slight to no chance you can control anything else so just have a schedule and and i'm very conscious about anything anything or anybody who is trying to force me in a habit so you're a person that needs structure absolutely yeah absolutely and how do you feel about willpower like what are your thoughts on that it's um i just call it discipline mhm you have to be disciplined enough to look yourself look yourself in the eyes and say go do what needs to be done yeah willpower um i think is you know putting yourself in a in a place of discomfort but it's very short lived it's uh it's tied to a lot of motivation and it's tied to a lot of things that are new to your brain but you got to program those neurons to fire in your favor so um willpower is what got me 
through my first week in the gym. Mm -hmm. That was five years ago. Now it's pure discipline. And I've had my pitfalls. Don't you ever think that I was straight up beasting for five years? I lost my job in February of 2021 to COVID. Uh, the company downsized and I was let go. And I just broke down. Everybody, everybody has something in their life that breaks them down completely. And to me, it's my job security. So I ate like a pig for three straight months and I stopped working out and I was a mess. But all through that, and that's the power of habit, I felt something was missing. The gym was missing. The, the good food was missing. I knew I should be back. And the minute I set foot in a new place, in a new job and things, I was able to pay for a gym again. I bounced right back in the gym. So I'm not saying you're not allowed to fail and I'm not saying I'm perfect and I'm not saying that anybody out there is perfect. I'm just saying that if you form good habits, they will carry you and they will tell you what is the right thing to do when the time comes. And I see a lot of people on, uh, on social media today um, struggle with juggling their personal life and their health. And I try to put out the message that health is not negotiable. Mm -hmm. You might, you might stumble on the perfect wife and the perfect job and a trillion dollars tomorrow. And when that happens, you're going to want to live forever. So you got to pay it forward because if you self abuse today, and you drink your way to nothingness when the time comes when things that matter happen that regret is just going to eat you the rest of the way yeah you got to have a you so, versus you mentality because if you're not taking care of you what is there like they say like in yeah, a, in a I, if a plane's going down with the oxygen tank or mask you're supposed to put the mask on yourself before you can help somebody else out Mm. And as a kid, um, I, I always thought, wow, why would I help myself? How selfish can it be to help myself first? Now I understand. Yeah. Yeah, because I mean, if you're always like taking care of others and, you know, not looking out for yourself, like you said, I mean, if these opportunities come around and your health's not in order or, you know, you're not in the position where you can do these things, like either financially or, you know, time wise. It's all for naught. Mm. I mean, you can't have nice and, things and, if you're not healthy or you're in a good mental space, at least long term. And you end up being a burden. And you, you don't want to end up being a burden to those who care for you. Yeah. So the, the, the highest and best weight you can carry is the weight of yourself mm -hmm. with all its flaws and with all its um imperfections and if you strive for perfection in yourself 
you're going to end up doing more good in the world than if you try just to make everything around you good and losing track of yourself. What would you say to a person that has gotten in shape, but their mental is not there? Like stay, wow. say they're still kind of negative or they're just like have not a very positive mindset. Find your why, man. Why did you start in the first place? Just to look good? Okay, now you look good. You know what? It's a trend because I've been at this for five years now. I've been following a lot of people who two or three years ago were trending because they had just come out with these amazing transformation pictures. And I'm not going to say names, but I see like 70, 80% of them today are depressed. They're very healthy, fit, depressed people because they set out not thinking about what they were going to do with this body once they have it. Mm. So now they're just all over the place. They're all over the place. They're trying to do everything. And I, I know this girl and she's going live on Instagram every day, crying in tears about how her life is meaningless. She's in the best shape of her life. Can you believe that? So she probably thought so, the, the weight loss would make a cure for her right. internal. And that wasn't the issue. The internal was what she needed to fix along with the external. Well, one, you will never, I'm not, uh, never is, is a, it's going to be extremely difficult for you to look the way that you, to look like the people you compare yourself to. So you're going to always look at yourself in some way that is not 100% positive. And it goes back to what I was saying at the very beginning that along this journey, you have to celebrate what your body can do and you have to find a way to be of service to others because, um, okay, you have to be self-centered to start and you have to celebrate your wins and you have to, and, 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 Part of, of the reason I, I made this shirt and part of the reason I'm trying to put this message out in the world is because um, people are so fast to pass negativity and pass judgment. And not a lot of people take the time to point out the positive things you do. Not a lot of people would stop you in the middle of your working day and say, hey, I recognize you've been doing good. And so you got to you got to find your real why or f manufacture one. Like if you absolutely have no why as to why you're losing weight and why you're trying to get in shape, manufacture something, um, experiment, go volunteer, go on a hike. Uh, your cause could be just to carry your kids. You, you don't have to cure cancer to have a cause. But you have to find fulfillment away from the shape of your body somehow.
if you're if you're in the middle of your journey now is the time to start thinking what are you going to do once you're in shape what is in shape what is that number that it, it, that, that you perceive as the goal of all goals and then what yeah it's like my friend Polly our friend Polly says when you climb one mountain that's the base of another mountain and you just have to keep on going and going and going and going. It doesn't end. That's the thing. Find your mountains. Some people are just cruising through life on the flats. And they just don't realize how much untapped potential they have. And I know the the term of untapped potential has become a little bit commercialized today. Because fitness and, and well-being and self-help are becoming a little bit of mainstream now. But you have to always look at yourself as somebody who is put on this earth to do good on the, onto the, the world. And with, with being better, you have to try and, and, and find what it is you were meant to do with this better version of yourself. So it's, it's a lifelong journey of self-discovery and you just like Steve Harvey says, quit tripping while you're in the process. It'll present itself to you. Your opportunity will present itself to you. So be ready to carry that responsibility in the same way that you carry the responsibility of your body and your calories and your getting in shape. Yeah. What do you think about people that have no drive? Um, I just think that they are people who got lost in a victim mentality because um, what is drive drive is when you wake up in the morning and you get out of bed to do something that you care for and self-loathing and self-resentment and hatred to uh, towards the world and all of these negative emotions they are and lack of drive is just nothing but lack of purpose. So um, just put an, an array of things that you can experience. And hell, I mean, I went to a fair the other day and I was happy that I am at a weight where I can get on all the rides. I was not allowed to do that as a kid. I was too big to get on the fair ride. And at the age of 40, I was finally able to get on one of those, you know, horses that merry-go-rounds. Yeah. As a kid, I was never allowed to get on one because I was too heavy. And I'm, I, 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 was, I was rejected from bungee jumping because they said no cord in the world is going to sustain this weight falling towards the earth. So... I'm, I'm experimenting with all of these things that I can do with this new body. 
I don't have time to hate myself anymore. I just don't. I just follow my schedule, be better, and put good out in the world and just expect the best. Expect it like you expect tomorrow morning. What do you think about, I mean, when people leave negative comments on your posts and stuff like that, or I'm not sure if they do, but I'm saying if they do put negative po- comments on your post, what um, do you even interact with them? No. No, What's I don't. What's the point? Um, yeah. I, I, I think that is a fire that's not worth feeding. Um, I just feel empathy for the person who took time out of their biz- busy schedule to project hate on the world. Can like, you relate to how they feel, though, because you were in that position at one time? I can relate to the old me. Yeah. Like, man, I was called ugly by my own father. Who are you to call me ugly today? Mm. I'm untouchable. I have such thick skin from all the abuse. And that's, it goes back to um, blessings in the form of, of um, hardship. Like, I was, I was bullied and abused so much. Nobody can can get to me now. You 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 can you want to come on my account and call me ugly? Huh? My own father called me ugly. Get out of here. And I just I want to say to these people that I I'm sorry I'm, I'm sorry that you feel this way because you're attracting so much negativity by being this hateful. That if you just let go, you don't have to, you know, you don't have to actually do a lot of good. If you're in a position of such hatred, if you just let go of the hate, your life will just switch on to a different frequency. And you will attract a lot of love. I wonder who called you ugly for you to come and call me ugly. Yeah, because when they say hurt people, hurt people. So it's easily it's something that's inside them that they want to make somebody else feel bad because they feel bad about themselves. Because generally people that are feeling good are not trying to make somebody feel like shit. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, nobody. You would never judge someone who you perceive as lower than you. So you, you, you just, you throw, not you. I mean, yeah. Yeah. uh, People would throw stones at the tree with the most fruit. So, and I mean, of course, there's going to be um, people who are genuinely not good. The world had already had one Hitler and we're still trying to recover from that. But in the general sense of 7 billion people, come on, yeah. be good. Be yeah. better, man. You're better than this. Uh, I, I look at the guy. His his profile picture is just himself and a wife and two kids. Go love your kids. Yeah. Why are you taking time of your day to come hate on me? <laughs> You're a grown man trying to bully <laughs> another man. That's just um, that's am sad. I that, 
am I that important to you that you have to take time to come project hate on me? Wow. So I just, I, it doesn't take more than a few minutes of thought for me to realize that um, this is a person in pain. And uh, one of the things I realized some years ago is that my life is much shorter than to try and fix everyone because the old me would have reached out and tried to understand where he's coming from. But you can't help someone who's not out to help themselves. Mm. That's a good way of putting it. Yeah. It's, it's actually the first thing they tell you in therapy. Like if you, if you get defensive and you come every week to try and challenge your psychiatrist and say, let's see if you can fix me. No, that, that's not how um, therapy works. You have to put yourself in a position of wanting to be fixed and it will happen. It will happen. What point was it that you got to where you said, I need to go see a therapist? Um, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't know what is it in me that hates lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. So when, I, when I'm in a position where I don't know something, I try to read about it and I try to teach myself about it. And um, I was reading about why, I, why, why am I losing friends? Why am I losing relationships? Why am I hated by my, the, the same people who put me on the earth? Can I be such a genuinely bad person to the point where my own parents would disown me? Wow. So I started reading and I started uh, recognizing that maybe these are symptoms of something that need to be fixed. And maybe it's the wiring of my brain and maybe I need medicine or maybe I need uh, behavioral correction or therapy. So I sought help. No shame in that. And when when I when I when I started uh, feeling better, it the, the positive feedback cycle kicked in, and I kept trying to be better in, in everything else. So, if you have constant feelings of negativity, regardless of what aspect of life it is um read about it if you don't understand where it's coming from read about your symptoms read about how you're feeling and seek help and everybody should have a support system and me and my wife we were just she just had this idea the other day that maybe someday we can establish a place where senior citizens who might not have good relationships with their kids can have healthy relationships with other people seeking father figures and seeking mother figures who did not find that in their biological parents. And, and, and you have to have a support system, man. It's, it's the, the, I've been a victim of the lone ranger mentality for so long. I witnessed how damaging it can be. I I slept in my car for like three months trying to avoid going back to the same house that brought me up. 
So was it was it the right thing to do? I don't care. That's that's the beauty of this experience. I just know that I came out, out the other side with an with an experience and a message. And if I had to go through all of this for me to say to another person, you don't have to be homeless to prove a point, go seek help, then that experience with, was worth experiencing. Yeah, I think, um, like you said before, obviously physical health is something that we should take care of, but mental health is something that needs to be up there also. Because especially for men, I think there's a lot of men that are so afraid to tap into their emotions or talk about their feelings or ask for help. Right. And it's like, why? I mean, I think that's why a lot of men commit suicide because they don't feel an outlet to ending their problems. And that's a solution that they think is an end all be all to it. Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. The permanent solution to a temporary problem. And then that uh, um, forms a ripple effect with other people. I mean, obviously I used to think it was selfish, but obviously, you know, it's like something in your head that is telling you to do it. So, I mean, there's like a, some, probably like some chemical imbalance or what have you. But like I said, I, I stopped having an opinion around suicide. Yeah. Honestly, because one, one thing my therapist once told me is that the human body is so attached to its soul it takes extreme amount of effort to extract your soul from your body. And you can never put yourself in a position to try to understand or imagine what it takes to take your own life. Yeah. And if, God forbid, you've had the experience of trying, you obviously failed because you're, st- you're still here. Mm-hmm. But... Um, it takes intense amount of determination and effort to end your own life. Yeah. I mean, cause and, we're all sitting here breathing and we're not trying to think about breathing. So our body is on, right. you know, automatic doing everything for us. So it's trying to keep us alive. Yeah. And, and if, if you get to a, to a position where you lose that will, then nobody in the world is in a position to judge you. Yeah. I, I, I stopped having an opinion about uh, suicide because I can never understand it mm-hmm. and I can never be in a position to, I've never been in a position to experience it. And um, I just hope that anybody who succeeded in that have found the comfort they were seeking. Mm. Yeah, because I've seen I've been seeing a lot of commercials for that. Uh, it's an, a company called BetterHelp, and like mm-hmm. one that popped up today, it was like you know people. It was like people talking about depression and stuff, and they're like, "Get over it, you know, move on." Somebody else has it worse than you, and that's not the answer that they need to hear. And that's why you, right. you can go see a therapist and talk to somebody because sometimes outside looking in, it's it's easy. Oh, why don't you just do this, this, and that? But you don't know internally what that person is going through. And so seeking a counseling or therapy is probably the best option. That's what I always say. I'll go ahead. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, um, (sighs) Prozac was, uh, falsely accused of causing people to commit suicide for a long time. 
And what they discovered when they actually studied it was that when you're depressed to the point of losing the will to live, you stop shaving and stop going to work and nothing makes sense anymore. And and, and the, the pieces of your brain that are um, responsible for motion, for getting your body to move, they just go to sleep because you're depressed. Mm. And that is the, the first point Prozac touches when it starts acting on your system. And so the first thing you get with Prozac is the will to get off your bed. And if you're in a bad position, the first thing you do is you get off your bed and jump out the window. Ah. So you got to, and, and the message here, he, what he was trying to tell me is you got to trust the process, go through the whole thing end to end, and then decide that it's not working. Wait for the whole system um, to, you know, all the moving pieces to come together into the beautiful person that you are put on this earth to become. God made you in his shape for a reason, and he, he values your well-being. And um, regardless of your faith, I don't care how nihilistic you are, there is such a thing as positive nihilism. If you think everything in the world is worthless, then let's try to make the experience positive and 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 bring on a new hip movement of people who think the world is ending anyway and we should do good for each other while we're at it so trust the process if you need to seek help seek help and just wait for the meds to kick in properly before you make any decisions so as far as your um eating and working out what was your regimen and diet um i just started observing uh what i was doing observation is the first step into change so i started looking at what i was eating and i was just making slightly better decisions um if 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 uh if i'm going to mcdonald's and i'm getting three burgers, then maybe two is a better decision. Um, and, and I started reading on calories and, and that's why um, I got into understanding what an actual calorie deficit is. And to this day, I'm on a calorie deficit in the sense that I don't monitor my macros and nutrients and protein and carbs and all of that jazz i don't keep a very close eye onto that because i still think i'm learning to be properly in a calorie deficit and then you need to learn that your body needs energy to live and if you want to enjoy more food you have to have more body and the way to have more body is to have more muscle and not uh, no amount of cardio in the world is going to give you that mm-hmm. unless you're sprint training. So you got to have more muscle to earn more calories. 
to enjoy life in a better um, sense. So day one, I was in the gym. I did not ever think that cardio was the answer. Yes, I do it in 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 moderation. Um, like I do like an hour a week divided on three stints off 20 minutes every other day. Um, but I, I watch what I eat. I focus on um, protein. And then every everything else is a side to that. And then if I start noticing something happening with my body, like um, recently I'm having issues with hair fall. So I started uh, seeking help with that. Like what nutrients am I missing that are causing my hair to fall off? Um, and, and I sought the help of a professional uh, dietitian because I was stuck because a calorie deficit will carry you through the first maybe 50 pounds, but then your body will start fighting back. Mm -hmm. And you need to really understand what the system wants to keep that machine running. And, and that is why I'm very careful about the messages that people put out there on social media. Like uh, you got to have six meals and uh, three big meals and three snacks. No. You don't make those decisions for people. I went to a dietitian. I found out I was pre-diabetic. I was put on metformin. Um, and I discovered that I have to control my insulin levels. And to do so, I have to completely fast between meals. I have three good meals a day and nothing, absolutely nothing in between. So... Be very careful what experience you're projecting onto people just because it worked for you. Mm. The only experience I am, uh, the only experience I'm sharing with people is that if you get stuck, seek professional help. Yeah. Get your blood work done as early as possible because you'd be surprised how your own body, how your own fingerprint, how your own signature body works. And if, you, if you're lucky enough to find someone who understands how your body works and they can give you um, a system that is designed around yourself, then you're, you, you hit gold. So um, for step one, know what you don't know. Don't go on a diet. Don't. Know what you don't know. Re just get a pen and paper and everything that goes in your mouth, put it on paper end of the week, count the calories and uh, know how much your body needs to be alive. Count the difference, basic math. Are you constantly um, on a surplus? Are you constantly on a deficit? Are you binging on weekends? Identify what it is that is causing you to not be in shape and then start making decisions around what you can cut. Yeah. So your your target is 500 calories below um, maintenance. If your first move towards a healthy lifestyle is just to be at maintenance, do that for three or four weeks. Notice how you will lose the water weight. Notice how you will feel better. Notice how being disciplined will put you in a place to respect yourself more.
it's all in the head. Yeah. That's so true, man. Cause I think a lot of people, they do a lot of yo-yoing and they end up fucking up their metabolism and their body. Cause they'll crash diet here. They'll crash diet here. Then like you say, if you do too much cardio, you're going to be skinny fat. I mean, it's just like, just be yeah. consistent, eat right. It's, um, it's, yeah. it's, uh, eating right is, and I'm not, I'm not trying to overwhelm people with an experience that took me so many years to understand that there's so many moving pieces. So don't try to be a guru and, and find the bigger meaning in life today. Just Take one step in the right direction today. Uh, one less drink, one less yep. um, order of fast food, um, and and understand what you don't understand. So even today, if I if I have a snack or if I have a, a cheat meal or whatever, at least I know what I'm doing to myself. Mm. At least I know. It's the lack of knowledge that is. Um, putting people in 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 all the wrong places because they're just accepting what the media is feeding them. And you can't blame a company like McDonald's for trying to make money. Yeah. You can't blame them. But you can you can definitely think of how much of that product is good for you. So like the other day you had made a post or it was on your story that you had, uh, you know, you're, you're plus three pounds over the weekend or whatever. I think yeah. it was like two days ago or three days ago, something like that. Or maybe it was on Monday when I saw yeah. it because the weekend it was a weekend post. Um, what did you feel when you, when you, po when you wrote that, like when you weighed yourself, like what was going through in your head? Um, I thought that that was an experience that is worth sharing with those out there who panic over these fluctuations um get get yourself an application that does this um curve smoothing so um it'll take if you if you're so insistent on weighing yourself every day mm -hmm. i encourage that weigh yourself every day but put it in a piece of software that'll tell you how the trend is working for you right so even if i have some beers on a weekend or um something because i had pizza that day and so much sodium and right. so much um carbs i knew uh, that that's what you get from knowledge i expected mm -hmm. to wake up heavier so it wasn't a surprise it was just at, for me if i had waken up losing weight i would have been alarmed <laughs> i would have seeking a doctor like what is happening to me but seeing that my body works in an expected way mm -hmm. i know that if i eat that pizza i'm going to wake up heavier and it's going to be water weight and i'm going to feel better in the gym because the carbs will give me energy and i go and i have an explosive workout and i crush everything um Live your life to the fullest, man. I mean, um, what's the word? I'm sorry. Sometimes people forget that English is not my first language. Um, celebrate, celebrate your 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 binging. Celebrate 
though that that extra amount of pasta you had go in the gym and you know crush something um expect the fluctuations have a piece of software that is going to show you that even though there's a spike on this day on the greater on the greater um arch of things the trend is still going down so yeah you can you can enjoy a day in the week uh without feeling guilty because you have the um you have the re- reinforcement that that software is going to give you that data doesn't lie you are still on the right track but if you see that track start going up then you need to really stop and think about um what habits you're forming and and um one of one of the challenges that i have not yet gone through but a lot of the people who lost a lot of weight and are trying to reverse diet to go on a bulk they have extreme bouts of depression because um it's so difficult to willfully put on weight after you've put on so much effort to lose it right so i'm 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 trying to educate myself as much as possible to anticipate that point in the future where i will um willfully overeat hopefully the right stuff to put on healthy weight um i'm i'm trying to learn about reverse dieting i'm trying to learn about um what what is being coined in the industry today as body recomposition i think what they try to do is put you on maintenance but put you on higher quality foods so that you you will gain some weight but it will normalize but you will gain some muscle you know what do whatever it is that will enable you to get on the fair rides that will enable you to bungee jump <laughs> there you go man. that will enable you to to get that dream bike you want someday i'm going to buy a porsche just because i couldn't get into one when i was at my heaviest yeah it's a micro so win. yeah so what mark do you see yourself leaving on the world um self acceptance and um kaizen kaizen the the uh the concept of being 1% better every day at everything you do so um age is not a factor uh it doesn't matter if you're 60 years old and just starting at this journey of self improvement um the whole fitness industry should be renamed into a wellness industry. Mm-hmm. Um professional bodybuilders are just that. They're professional people who get paid millions of dollars to look a certain way. So stop chasing what they do unless you have billion dollar companies backing you into becoming a certain shape. Um I'm trying to build a brand around um people who are making the right moves but are not yet there because i would i will not name any brand but if i go into the stores and try to get one of the big brands um type of sportswear i look like the michelin man in them mm. 
because I still have my rolls. I have extra skin. I have stretch marks. I have in some places some cellulite. And I don't think men are ready to accept that men have cellulite too. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm trying to build a whole brand around how we are the 99%. We are the survivors. We are raising kids. We are putting, we are, we are putting out buildings. We are building cars. We are the regular Joes who take time out of their lives to go to the gym and be better. We don't have billion dollar companies that dictate how we wake up in the morning and what we eat and just feed us um, whatever is good for us. Um, Usain Bolt uh, trained for nine years to run for nine seconds. So, and, and at the end of those nine seconds, it was worth it. So trust the process. And what I'm trying to do with this, with, with shirts and uh, mugs and hoodies and stuff like that is just, you need to write down your, 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 your wins in the same way that you write down your grocery list. Once you set that number on a piece of garment that is not easily white, that loss for you, those 100 pounds, those 20 pounds, those 15 pounds, whatever it is you lost, once you put it on a piece of paper in a, in a, in a non-erasable way, it becomes really hard for you to see that progression go away. It's like a tattoo. So I, exactly, exactly. So yeah. I, I encourage everyone, don't, don't, I'm not trying to sell anything, honestly. I'm trying to put this message out in the world that put your, have a vision board, put your uh, wins on paper, whatever it is you lose, Put it on a, in, 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 on, a, on a sign somewhere around your house and look at it and, and say, those are pounds. This is an amount of fat that is gone forever. Yeah. So run away from the number zero as much as you can. Right. Can you explain the shirt? What is the shirt exactly? So th- it's just uh, it's just a logo and, and uh, it has zero here and 200 here and just how far along. Um, I am because 200 pounds is the point where I intend to start bulking again. Ah, I so got this you. is like, yeah, like this is the biggest milestone I think in my life where I will intentionally start bulking. And this is when my BMI will be low enough to have skin removal surgery. Oh. Okay. So, so you create the so, shirt yeah. yourself? Yeah. He's got a, yeah. he's got a cricket. I mean, oh, okay. he's got a little thing I have. Oh, no, he actually has like a – it's not a cricket, but like he has like an industrial one. Like it's badass, man. No, oh. no, no. It's, it's, it, it, is, it is a cricket. Oh, is it? It just looks different than mine. Like, I guess maybe because yeah, you use a, yours. <laughs> but no, so your your cameo. Oh, okay. So your brand is – and I like the name of this, Work in Progress, like WIP. Yeah. That's – Right. You know, that can go for anybody in any aspect, not just working out. It can go for somebody, you know, whatever profession they're in. Right. And, and, and I, I, like I said, I intend to make those for anyone. And I hope to God and I hope to the universe that someday I will have enough financially to be able to give these out for free. I want people to celebrate their achievements. Um, 
whether it's 10 days without alcohol or beating breast cancer, I want to have these in pink and have the 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 uh, awareness ribbon for breast cancer on them when, when it comes to time for that. I want to give people credit for the fights they are fighting in silence. Like you, you see a woman walking down the street flat chested and you, you somebody makes a nasty remark and they don't know how much that woman has fought to stay alive. Yeah. And I, I don't speak um, about the, the suffering of women in the world because I don't put myself in a position to have an opinion on that. But at least from, from the man side of things, if you have survived um, drug abuse, if you have survived being on the street, then that is something worth putting on a shirt. And that is something worth that if somebody looks at you and say, oh, okay, that person still looks like a Michelin man, but that's because he lost 130 pounds. And when you lose 130 pounds, you don't suddenly become Arnold Schwarzenegger. Yeah. No, you become somebody who has extra skin and you become another piece of work in progress. And that work in progress never ends. We had, um, we had a couple of people on the podcast. Uh, most recently we had this lady by the name of, um, WLS Barbie. Uh, we've had, um, keto junkie and, uh, Jessica keto eats and all. Mm. So the two girls or women, I should say, have had the skin removal surgery and man, they told they told us on you that it was extremely extremely painful. Jessica said it was more it hurt her more than like the emotional weight of losing the weight was like. It's um, it's difficult, man. It's trying to look a certain way is needs to de- determination, and you have to have a strong why behind mm-hmm. why you want to look a certain way because it will hurt. And um, you have to understand that even after, you know, your skin, they're not going to shape you into a, uh, into a Ken doll because underneath the skin and underneath, there's still your bones, there's still your, your organs, and there's still the way that your body has been shaped by genetics and years of whatever it is you were doing. So... Even I don't expect that weight loss surgery will transform me, transform me into um, the shape of sebum. But I know it will relieve me of some of the weight that I know is causing me discomfort. And if that's if that is all what it achieves, I'm happy with that. Right. I I try to always set the expectation that. Um, I will always be a work in progress. I will always, and, and there will be scars. So today I have the loose skin. Tomorrow I'm going to have scars. You have to decide for yourself which which one do you want to live with. Well, which badge um, of honor is give and take. Yeah. For exactly. Yeah. It, it, it is an honor. I've heard that like uh, a lot of people when they lose a lot of weight that sometimes it, it hinders the skin will hinder some of the exercises they want to do because even the Jessica that Raul mentioned earlier 
she said like when she would be running, she would hear like a clapping noise and now it'd be because of the oh. the skin. You know, so like Yeah, man. I mean, there's a lot of things that like a lot of people do not realize that people go through. And it's like you mentioned earlier about the lady that possibly had like a, a breast removal because of cancer. And right. somebody making a comment or somebody walk in a room that's heavier. They don't know if they lost, like you said, 200 pounds to get to where they're at today. I mean, we're right. all a work in progress. So it's just like stop the hate and just congratulate people or keep a comment to yourself if anything. You know, hopefully you, you know get to that point where you don't think that way. But if you still think that way, at least keep your mouth shut. Yeah. Because you never, you Sometimes. know, we know. Go ahead. I'm sorry, go ahead. We just like, we just never know what people are going through. And like you just said, like you both, you said this, like the guy that walks in a room that's a little bigger, he lost 200 pounds. That's a lot of weight to lose. You know, we never know what everyone is going through. So just be nice. Just be kind. Like you were saying earlier throughout the whole podcast today, like, you know, just be kind and nice to each other. It's uh, one of, one of the messages I always uh, tell my wife, when we see a lot of drama happening on social media uh, about something, is that you don't always have to have an opinion. Mm. What are you looking at me for, Tony? Because you like to comment and rile people up online, and <laughs> I tell them all the time, it's like, why? I don't do it as I mean, I'm, I don't do that. I haven't done it in a while, but I have done it a lot. But I don't do it as much as I used to, and I'm almost to the point where now I just keep on scrolling. It's wasted energy. It is because then when they because then when they re, when they respond that I'm going to respond right because I'm not going right. to let this. I'm just going to it's going to keep on going. Next thing you know, it's just me and him or her just talking nonstop, arguing with each other for like the threat just keeps on going forever and ever and ever to where, so to where it gets so bad that the person that posted something, he will just delete it. So he doesn't have to deal with he or she doesn't have to delete with right. the, with our bullshit. Um, um, social media does a very poor job at projecting, um, emotion. So we all perceive each other as flat lines of text. Mm -hmm. So if, if you're, if you're in a meeting, if you're in a bar, and somebody makes a, a remark that you don't like and you respond and he responds very, very quickly without going into much debate. You realize that this position has to resolve somehow, whether it's by somebody accepting the, the differences and shutting up or you take it outside the bar and accept the consequences of putting your fists up. <laughs> but it's, it's the, the crusades on social media that um, everybody, everybody wants to uh, exercise the right to have an opinion, but, and, and I'm, I'm against censorship of all forms. And the only way out of this, dilemma is that we spread enough positivity that people will stop willingly putting hate out there or going into heated discussions that they know are going to end um, in, a, in an ugly relationship with someone. Because if you ever meet that person, um, you're, you're not going to have a, a favorable opinion about them. And they might be good people who understand something in the wrong way and you lost the rest of the lesson that that person can teach you yeah. just because you 
had a wrong, not, not a wrong, had a different approach to a problem that you might not even have uh, control over changing in the first place, like vaccines. Yeah, there's like a lot of people that instead of understanding somebody's point of view or listening to somebody's point of view or educating somebody on their point of view or being educated, they're quick to call somebody stupid or a name. And then it just causes an altercation that didn't need to be there in the first place. I saw this thing where this guy, he would sit down as a black guy. He would sit down with white supremacists and people that are racist and he would listen to mm. them and hear that like their point of view. And they would give them all mm. these facts that they were fed and then he would sit back. He'd go, okay, okay, I understand. And he would share them some truthful information. And then it kind of, some of them, it would change their mindset. And so that's right. like the whole thing about having a conversation. You don't, you don't talk down to anybody or think you're above anybody. You know, you listen, absorb, and then and, you speak. And, you know, when, when all of us are gone and it's our kids um, going through these recordings um who who do you think will have a lasting effect on society and on uh, generations to come it's always the the person who was the bigger person in the room and it's always somebody who was um who was humble in a situation where humbleness would bring the greater good and it's not because somebody is weak it's because somebody used their strength to restrain themselves from lashing out at injustice because who is to say that black communities are not in injustice but you can you can respond to that by violence or you can respond to that by being education and beating the system at its own game um i i'm i'm um, i'm in canada and I see a lot of conversations uh, around the uh, the rights of the indigenous people of Canada, and it's a humbling experience to see a whole nation fall into a position of understanding that some societies were in a place of injustice, and it's through conversation and it's through. Um, people of higher sense of purpose who sat together and had meaningful conversations is that that's how rights go to uh, people who have rights. Violence is never an answer and, and lashing out at someone breeds more negative emotion. And if you can't take it on the person who made that remark, you're going to take it out on your kids. Are you going to take it out on the next person who says good morning to you? So you got to you got to develop a, a little bit of thick skin to absorb some of the hate in the world and be able to respond with kindness because that's a message worth spreading. And if your message is um, that we need more acceptance and we need more. Um, more ways to communicate, then there's a price to that. And if that price is restraining yourself when you know you can end that person, then that's a bigger, takes a bigger person to do that. Yeah. 
So we don't want to take too much of your time up. I appreciate everything you've given us so far. Uh, where exactly can everybody find you? Um, I'm, I'm trying to focus everything on Instagram right now. I have a website that I'm trying to, uh, I'm, I'm trying to put my, everything I know into a blog. Um, the website is called the whip is obviously the, the work in progress thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, you can just go on there and, and leave your email. I'm not still in a position to send out any marketing emails, or I don't think I will ever do that. Um, all I do is send out my blogs and share thoughts and try to connect with the community and try to spread this message out that everything is, is worth celebrating. So, uh, the whiplife.com or my Instagram, um, uh, Kamel underscore work in progress underscore fitness. I think it's too long and, um, I need to shorten that a little bit, but, uh, feel free to connect with me at any time i accept any form of um feedback or um discussion because i i believe in the message so i'm I'm so grateful to 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 be here and be able to talk to you guys about all of this because it's so important to me and i don't think i have full grasp on the tools of social media like TikTok or Instagram to try and get enough of the message out every day. So, I mean, thank you guys for, for this opportunity. I mean, I'm, 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 it, it's far more superior to what I had expected it to be. Do you, you have you considered ever doing like a YouTube or your own podcast? Um, I think podcasts are a great idea. Um, I, I, I'm trying to research what it takes, um, to like one of, one of the key messages I heard is that if you stay consistent on it, um, for a year, that's it. You're going to break through. Um, I don't know how, how correct that is, but I find myself able to talk for hours. Yeah. Um, even more than type or text. So it's it's always encouraged to find find the the channel that best gives you the opportunity to express yourself. So um, I'm looking into actually starting a podcast and, and starting doing um, interviews, hopefully with people who resonate with the message or even challenge the message and and give me the opportunity to have um, a healthy discussion around the why behind all of this and and the 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 benefit that can go back to society as as a whole from all of this yeah your message is very uh measured thoughtful and sincere like i can just like just you talking is very endearing yeah so i think that's something that other people should be able to hear and um we know we're not friends well raul knows are probably there better than i do we've had him on here as gourmet I know he has a podcast, so maybe Raul could link you two up and you can get on his podcast. So once you start doing Absolutely. your thing, you know, oh, yeah, it'll start sure. kind of snowballing. But yeah, if you have any happy, questions, happy uh, yeah. I'll add you, I'll add you on my personal and, and the link up page. But any questions you have about building the podcast or getting it started, I can answer that and help you get started with that journey. Cause I think that's I mean, something that needs to be done. That is absolutely uh, amazing of you to offer. It's, it's that, you know, um, 
there's there's uh, there's enough in this world for everyone. Yeah. Um, and 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 there's so much untapped potential, and uh, it's it it takes it's a, it takes a, a strong person to offer another person into his trade, you know, to get out of the competition mentality and to offer someone like, here's what it takes to be successful in my trade. So I really appreciate what you just said. And I really appreciate, you know, um, uh, having that mind in the right place to say, this is a message that needs to be on its own YouTube or its own podcast. But yeah, um, we, we empower each other because we're fighting against a huge wave of pure entertainment and we got to stick together and weather through because again, good people win, good yeah. men win. So we got to stick together in the face of, um, in the face of porn and in the face of, um, pseudo porn on TikTok and in, on Instagram and on every channel of media out there that is trying to tell people how to behave and how to look and how to celebrate. So thank you for that. Thank you. Yeah. Cause somebody asked me a question. Um, I got interviewed for this, this website or whatever. And they asked me like, what did I want out of my friends and myself? And my, my response was that, there's no point in me wanting to do well in life if I'm by myself. Mm. So you want everybody around you to do well. And like you said, if you see potential in somebody or, you know, I saw something one day. It said, how many people are the greatest at something but never started doing it? Wow. That, that is that's a strong message. And that's uh, quite literally my worst fear right now. Like the only reason I have sometimes negative thoughts about age is because I feel like there's so much to experience and there's a lot to give out to the world. And my well-being and my being in the gym is a tool. It's not an end. It's a tool for me to stick around long enough to maybe have a kid or two or to maybe help a lot of people walk this journey and be better versions of themselves, not be like somebody else, be better people on their own. So I think, um, you know, I, they say the only reason we survived as uh, homo sapiens is because we were the only species of Neanderthals that were able to form societies mm. and help each other. That is so true because being alone is it's it's not beneficial to yourself or anybody else. Never, never. Even the loneliest of people who regard themselves as lone rangers, they're reaching out for helps for help in ways that we're just too blind to read. Yeah, because I know, like, even we were talking about earlier, but um, like community. And that's what I say, like a lot of kids will join gangs because they're looking for some type of family. You know, they're looking for something to not be alone. Because right. like they even right. say like babies, if your baby is not hugged and touched as a child, 
like in the crib, like at, they can die from not physical touch. Neglect. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, just think about that as an adult. Like, that's why I think, like, they have this whole incel culture where these guys do these heinous things to people and women because they feel like they can't get anything. So they want to take it out violently on people. Mm. And if they had a community or somebody that loved them and said, hey, this is it's going to be okay," You know, this is not the end of your road. You know, there's somebody else that loves you. Like, I think I think we all would be better if there was more love in this world. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. You so, know, when you, when you touch someone, uh, w- when you hold hands with someone, they say that your hearts fall in sync. Mm, that's beautiful. Let me see your hand. No. <laughs> <laughs> Come here. Let's go, man. So th- we always end the podcast with asking people, what advice would they give to people? I mean, you've given us so 20, many gems. so much. Yeah, this has been a great freaking episode. And this is not how I thought this was going to go at all. But this is so much better than what I had. Oh, thank you for that. Um, I, I don't think I'm in a position to advise anyone, honestly. It's just um, keep, keep, trust the process. And um, if you think you can get out of, of a negative position on your own, just do it. Take a step in the right position. Know what you don't know. Count your calories. Count, watch your behavior as if you're watching another person. If you think you can't get out off your own um, negative position, seek help. But, you know, if I give you a piece of mud and you form that piece of mud into a ball of mud, you're going to love that ball of mud because you created it. We were created by something bigger than us that loves us, that has purpose for each and every one of us. So don't ever think that you're on this world just to live and die and go in the wind. You have purpose. And, and, and just trust that there is greatness out there in the world waiting for you. If you just manifest or put your frequency um, in sync with greater good. So a bond... Stop resentment today. It, do, it, it doesn't take a lot of effort. And if you can't do it on your own, seek help from those around you or from a professional. Yeah, that's beautiful. Because like I said, it's uh, you can either be crabs in a bucket or monkeys in a barrel. Crabs in a bucket are going right. to try to pull you down. Monkeys in a barrel are going to try to pull you up. That's the game. So I think... And, and there's a lot of experiences and a lot of experiments around how you know how they put monkeys in a cage and they start beating them up and if they reach for food and then the monkeys started beating each other up and then they removed the food and the monkeys still beat, beat eat, uh, each other up because they were programmed to beat each other up. Yeah. yeah. So fight the programming. Fight. Uh, don't ever think that um, that the path of the righteous is easy. Don't ever think that. Uh, it's like a video game. The harder it gets, it means you're in the right direction. Mm. If it gets too easy, if it gets too quiet, then you're ready to meet the boss. You if you think you're up. getting blessed, yeah. If if you think you're 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 being blessed with a little bit of resources, it's because the next challenge is going to present itself real soon. So, be be ready to bear the challenge. 
be ready to bear the responsibility of fulfillment because on the other end of all of this is great fulfillment that's beautiful man. and wow. not no amount of money in the world can make you feel better about yourself that's just fact 100 correct so we're gonna have to have you back again um maybe like in the summertime or something like that when we get some time absolutely link up and figure it all out i didn't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> we'll link up hey i mean but this link is, up podcast this is essentially what the idea of link up link up wasn't supposed to be a podcast it was supposed to be an app where you link up with other people like people right. that know something in the city and all this other stuff so being able to do this and talking to people like you and all the other people we've been able to talk to is it's a it's a blessing man because i mean without the internet we none, none of us would know you existed. So it's like you got to use that tool for good. Yeah, and you putting sure. out right. these good messages that somebody's going to hear and not only here or you said you're in Canada, in the United States, but all over the fucking world. So I think it's great, man. And I truly appreciate your time uh, that you gave to us today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. It's It's been a pleasure. It's uh, I feel so much better now. <clears throat> that I've spoken about this and you guys might have opened my eyes on the fulfillment I get from speaking. It's, it's, uh, it's been, it's been amazing. Thank you guys. You're very good at it. And, you know, like Tony said, your message is amazing. And I, you know, it, some people, you know, sometimes it's hard for people to talk on the podcast, you know, and then, or it doesn't go as deep, you know, we kind of, went deep from the f first seconds, you know, of this episode. And right. that that's just been, I've, I've really truly enjoyed uh, having you and listening to what you have to say and stuff. Thank you. Yeah. Thank I always you. go it's back to this. I go back to this quote all the time, but it's, uh, it's a Tupac quote. And he says, I may not change the world, but I guarantee you'll spark the brain of the person that will change the world. So mm. by putting messages of good out there, somebody will hear it. Somebody else may, it may resonate with them and then they'll share it with somebody else, you know? So even like with your content online, just keep, keep doing it, man. Yeah. Like that's the most important thing. Cause like if you're always chasing likes or views or followers, it's going to get discouraging, but you never know. Like Absolutely. one thing you might put out there that might pop or just might help one person. If you help one person, that's all that matters. You've already won. Absolutely. Yep. I Absolutely. think we've all won, you know? So, but yeah, like, uh, and if you have any questions about starting your podcast, hit me up. I'll add you, and then sure. uh, we can go from there. Absolutely. Absolutely. Just uh, let me know when this thing goes live. This will be available on Friday, 12 a.m. 12 a.m. Friday. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. All right, man. I appreciate it. Enjoy your Saturday. And thank yeah. you for your time thank once you again. Tell your wife we appreciate your two and a half hours to us <laughs> i'm yeah. sure she has a honey to-do list for you now but uh thank you man we'll and uh tell me if i say this right okay what i didn't huh what i dean i'm trying to say goodbye in arabic oh you failed <laughs> i failed never mind <laughs> that one didn't land yeah that just, one went how do you we say it salam salam Salam. Yeah, Where did like you get that from? Dude, I Google how to say goodbye in Arabic. And that's what it says. <laughs> I mean, literally, it says, it, it, that's the word that came up.
And when you meet somebody, you say, Salam Aleikum. Yeah. See? And so it's just on you. Thank you. I mean, I don't know what you said or no, no, no. I'm saying, see, when I Googled, how do you, how do people it was a good episode until this yeah. segment. Right <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right thanks, man. Uh, are you going to say it to him now? Salam. <laughs> Salam alaikum. my friend. All, All right, right man. Bro. Appreciate you. Thank you very much. Appreciate you too. All right. Love Bye. you guys. Bye. Bye.